Okay, I'm reading today's scripture reading. Oh, okay. Uh, it's, from, it's Romans 5, uh, verses 12 through uh, 16. Okay. Uh, Therefore, just as Christ entered the world through one man and death through one sin, uh, and in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the, tr the trespass. For, the, for if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the, with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. Thank, thank you, Claire. Thank you very, so very much. You know, um, as the pastors were preparing for today's service, uh, we were kind of worried that no one would show up on, on Christmas Sunday. And um, as I see, uh, it's pretty kind of packed. I'm, I'm so... I'm so happy that you guys are spending Christmas uh, with us. Anyways, uh, good morning. Uh, good morning, church family. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, you know, as, uh, Pastor, um, <laughs> as uh, Carolyn just shared, that it, it's a rarity that Christmas falls on, on a Sunday. And uh, we here at CLC uh, want to wish all, uh, all of you guys a Merry Christmas. And we pray that the joys of this season will flow or fill your hearts with his goodwill and cheer as the chimes of Christmas glory will add up more shines as all of us will desire to go and shine the love of Jesus Christ into the ends of this earth. And you know, as believers, uh, Christmas is God's greatest gift that came to us in the most simplest and in the most humbling way, I think. He came in a manger. No, actually, it wasn't even a manger. They said it was some sort of a cave, but he came in a manger in a swaddling cloth. I mean, what, what simple and humbling way for our God to come. But you know what? But you know what? For, for, for the rest of the world, I, I feel like it's this peanut comic. I'm going to uh, just, just I, I thought it was the funniest comic, really depicting what the world is about Christmas. Dear Santa Claus, I know you are busy. Uh, I don't want you to waste your time thinking about toys I might like, but make it easy on yourself. So this year, just bring me money. Preferably uh, 10s and 20s. For the rest of the world right now, I feel like, you know what, it's all about the dollars. As companies' chief motives uh, are to um, advertise their products 
so we can purchase them or to give them as gifts. I was in PetSmart the other day, dropping off my dog, and all over PetSmart, they had this slogan that says, This is the season for giving. Now, since we're talking about gifts, now, have you ever received a gift that made you go like, man, this is the best gift that I have ever received? Man, man, this is a gift that, you know what, it's exactly what I was wishing for and wanting for. A, a gift that maybe you had received today, okay, this morning, right before church. Or it's a gift that you had received many, many years ago. But you know what, it still stands out in your life. Is there such a gift for me, um, the greatest gift that still stands out in my life is a gift that I had received when I was 16 years old. When I turned 16, my dad gave me my first brand new car. And that still lingers on, right? Still lingers on as the greatest gift because, you know, as a, as a, as a youth, right, right? Some of you guys who are driving right now, right? You're, you're, you're dying to go get that driver's license, right? And what else would you expect when you get that license? What would you want? A car, right? And so for me, I still remember expecting a beat-up car, right? Right? That my parents were driving. But you know what? On my 16th birthday, that happened to be actually on, on, a, on a Sunday. And my dad, after church, I remember going on a freeway. Those of you guys who are from SoCal, there is an automobile on Cerritos on 605, Right, and you get off, and and the left hand side when you go, it's a strip of automalls. And I remember as, as he as he stopped the car as the beginning of that road, and he said, "You know what, Ben, son, take any car, whatever you want, whatever you want." And so now, I mean, I mean, it has to be reasonable, but but still, still. So my my dad goes, "You know what, take 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 a pick," and I still remember that as being. The greatest gift that still lingers on in my life. Now, do you know who else got gifts for Christmas? Jesus. Because if you read in Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, we are told that Jesus was also given gifts. In verse 11, on the coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped them. Then they opened up their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, if you are paying attention to today's passage, in today's passage, we can immediately see the difference between the gifts that were given to Jesus, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, versus the gift that Paul was talking about in Romans chapter 5, verse 12 to 16. Now, if you were focusing, there were a series in verse 15 and 16, there were a series of words that came out and says gifts. Now, now, what are some of the differences between the gifts that Jesus received 
and the gifts that Jesus himself gave to us. Now, the first difference was that gold, frankincense, and myrrh were gifts given to Jesus by the wise men, right? But the one gift that Paul writes in Romans chapter 5 was a gift given by Christ to man. The second difference is that those three gifts were given to Jesus when he was just a child, which symbolized or predicted his future. Now, if you guys don't know what myrrh is, myrrh is an embalming fluid for the dead. Now, can you imagine this morning, you wake up in the morning, your parents give you an embalming fluid because eventually we're all going to die right someday, right? Now, you open up and, and you go, what is this? You know, dad, mom, I think you got the wrong present. But can you imagine the wise men predicting the future of Jesus giving myrrh? But, 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 the one gift, singular, was given when Jesus Christ was a man. And this is central to our future. Do you see the difference? Third, the three gifts, there are only monetary gifts. There are only physical gifts. And, and their value is only value on earth. And, but the gift that came through Jesus Christ is monumental, revolutionary. And of the spiritual value, not only the courts of heaven, but as well in eternity. And lastly, those three gifts that the wise men gave were very, very costly, I bet. Because one of the gifts was gold. Now, the Bible doesn't explain how much gold was worth, worth that, during that time. But if you Google up, I, I Googled it up. Today, a bar of gold, man, is so expensive. So these three gifts, right? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I bet they were very, very expensive, but, but it didn't cost the wise men everything. Only part of what they had. Whereas this one gift that God gave on Christmas morn, it cost Jesus Everything. Because it costed his own life. You guys remember um, during our series, we're calling it Jesus the, right? As Pastor Eric mentioned, that first message we declared was that Jesus was the Messiah, and then Jesus is the King. Pastor Calvin talked about Jesus as the Savior. And last night, Pastor Eric gave us a message on Jesus being our Lord. And, and do you remember that he reminded us that Jesus left heaven, came to this earth, and he humbled himself. He, he poured himself out. 
And that's exactly what Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 and 8 declares, because it cost him everything. And so I want you guys to see how Paul draws the contrast between Adam and Jesus. Because if you look in verse 14 of Romans chapter 5, it says, Nevertheless, death reigned from time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. Now, if you guys are, are, are an avid reader of the Bible, Romans is probably one of the most uh, uh, quintessential books that you can't negate. Uh, Theologian says if you were to only put, or only to have two books in the New Testament, it would be the book of John, and it would be the book of Romans. Now, if you kind of highlight, if you see, do you see the way that Paul highlights that Adam sinned, but the second Adam, he saves? I, I told Kaylin and the worship team, hey, can you sing, hark the herald angels sing? Because I never knew that third stanza was Josh, I think it was two weeks ago or three weeks ago, reminded us that Jesus is the second Adam. Adam sinned, but second Adam, Jesus saves. You see, when Adam did what he did, many died. But what Jesus did so that many of us could live. Adam brought bondage to all mankind. But what Jesus, then, what Jesus has done for the humankind brought freedom. Adam disobeyed God, his creator. But Jesus obeyed God the Father. Adam sinned, simply. When he did, people thereafter were declared unrighteous. But what Jesus did, he paid the price, gave the gift, gave up his life, and thus people thereafter were declared righteous. And so in Romans chapter 5, Paul, in his theological way, is differentiating these two gifts. The gift that he, Jesus received versus the gift that Jesus himself gave to us. Hey, we like gifts, don't we? Man, during this season, I have received so many gifts. Last night, you know, actually, as we were singing and as we were going through our Christmas Eve service, I had received something that I was actually praying for. Someone last night gave me a gift that I was like, man, I sure could use something like this, and I got it last night. I mean, who doesn't like gifts? I like gifts as much as the next person. And I bet right now, some of you guys are not <laughs> focusing upon me, but that you guys are focusing upon that gift in the front. And then I'm going to explain a little bit why that is, okay? Why that gift is in the center. But, but... What I'm trying to convey you to this morning, if you could take away one thing, is that don't 
concentrate or don't focus on the gifts. Not certainly that gift, but look to heaven. Look at the gift, the gift that Christ gave to us. Because, because, first, the gift from Jesus means that we are loved. The gift that Christ himself gave to us symbolizes that we are loved. You know, as a parent, I didn't know this until I became a parent. You know, before you were a parent, I loved getting gifts. I loved receiving gifts. But when I became a parent, I realized something more valuable than receiving and that is giving. And I love giving gifts. Typically, because when we give gifts, we give it to people to express of our love, don't we? It's not a shove under gifts. Now, uh, this word, right, this word, shove under, it's a word that I learned from the El Cerrito home group. I heard, I hear that when they receive a gift, El Cerrito home groups, when you guys do your white elephant gifts, when they don't like the gift they, they, they had received, they shove it under the couch to recycle for next year's white elephant gifts. So they call it, Lynn told me, it's called shavanda, shavanda, right? <laughs> now, but the gift that Jesus gave to us it was very, very well planned out. It was well thought out. Jesus carefully thinking of every single of us who are in this room, thinking what would be the best gift that I could give to all of us who are sitting in this room. You see, Jesus carefully thought of what was the best for us because true love can never be passive. True love is always an active thing. And I feel like people need to demonstrate their love because true love does that. It's an active thing. It's an active emotion. I love our church. I, I love it so much that, that I take pride in wearing this sweater everywhere I go. And people know, right? Because there's a little, little layman logo right here, right? There's a little layman logo. You know what? I was surprised that people actually know of our church. Oh, you go to layman? Yeah, I'm one of the pastors at layman. And I take pride. And we just receive a T-shirt, right? We also received a T-shirt for Christmas. Man, I'm going to be wearing that during the summertime. And you know what? Not only that, we have, we have received a smaller version of a thermal flask. And this Christmas, or I'm sorry, uh, Pastor's Appreciation in November, we got the, the big one. And I also tell others that, you know what, guys, we just celebrated hundreds of years. 
And when people hear that, they go, wow, 100 years. That's amazing. That's great. I love our church. I take pride in our church. But you know what? Over the years, I've watched churches deteriorate and become lukewarm. And one of the principal reasons is that we stop giving. We either stop giving of our time, talents, and treasures. We simply stop caring or giving care and concerns for the church. And my prayer for our church is that we will never lose our first love. And in this gift, the gift from heaven, every Christmas reminds us this simple truth that Jesus loved us, that he gave himself as a simple gift. So the gift, the gift reminds us that we are loved. Second, the gift also reminds us that we are forgiven or we can be forgiven. I'm sorry. The gift reminds us that we can be forgiven. Now notice that I didn't say the gift means we will automatically be forgiven. But there is a possibility that you and I can be forgiven. That's why Paul in verse 15 writes these things. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespasses of one man, how much more did God's grace, the gift that came by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? And if you read in the same verse, we read, but this other man, Jesus Christ, brought forgiveness to many through God's bountiful gift. You know, what a difference, I think, between our sins and God's generous gift of forgiveness. And so this gift, the gift, symbolizes that you and I can be forgiven. You know, when Adam sinned, well, you know what, let me go all the way back to Genesis, all the way back to creation. Before Adam sinned, in a perfect environment, God basically said, you know what, Adam, Eve, have at it. Have a good time. Do anything you want. You can go anywhere you want. You can do whatever you want, but don't touch that tree right in the middle of the garden. Just don't touch it. Whatever you do, stay away from far as you can. Because on the day that you touch or to eat of that, you will what? You will surely die. But one man messed it up. And we all know that was Adam. But through the gift, one man restored that back. And that was Jesus. Ruined by one's man's misdeed, but rescued by one man's merit. 
And here in verse 15, Paul is saying, Adam did this, and death happened. Death entered mankind. Uh, but John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, I have come that they may have life, and they may have life abundantly. So the gift that we receive on Christmas morn is that we are loved. The second meaning is that we can be forgiven. And now finally, the gift that we receive from Christ means it's a gift. It's a gift. And what do we do with gifts? What do we do with gifts? What? Yeah, I know, I'm hearing it. Oh, good. But you know what? Those of us who grew up in the church, we've, we've been hearing this kind of a message all our lives, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, I know, God came from heaven to this earth, was born in a manger, grew up, died on a cross, rose from the dead. Yeah, 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 it means that God loves us. Yeah, I get it. It means you can be forgiven. Cool. Yeah, whatever. I heard that before. You can live forever. You can live in eternity. Yeah, good to know, Pastor Ben. Wait a minute, though. What God gave to us in the form of a child was a gift. That's why as we finish off this sermon series, I've titled it Christ the Gift. And for us to enjoy or to know what a gift means to us, we have to receive it. We have to open it up. A gift has to be opened. That's why I said earlier, this gift means that we can be forgiven, not automatically be forgiven. Do you see that? In order for you to be forgiven, you have to open up the gift. Last night, Pastor Eric gave us a little image. Pastor Eric mentioned that what he thinks of Christmas is this nostalgic as a five-year-old, right? And Grandma Wrigley gum, right? Now for me, what I remember about Christmas for me, one of the most beautiful things to watch on Christmas morn is hearing the bustling, the, 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 the ripping open as my children gets up early in the morning. Like, you know what? Some of you kids, like, you know what? I ain't getting up before 7 o'clock. But on Christmas morning, man, they wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning, right? Like, I, I used to live, we used to live in, in a, in a two-story house, right? I remember, seriously, my son... Like 15 stairs in one bounce, one leap, jumping, right, <laughs> on Christmas morn, jumping down. 
and rip opening those gifts. Now, this morning, those of you guys who celebrated Christmas morn, how many of you guys, how many of you guys saw a gift underneath the Christmas tree with your names on it and you just go, oh, mommy, that's my name. Cool. Daddy, thank you. We don't simply do that. We don't just go underneath the Christmas tree with our names on it. We just go, that is a cool thing. And you just watch and stare. Oh, wow. The things that we do with Christmas or gifts is that we have to open it. I mean, come on, what good is it that when you receive a gift, you never be able to open it? What good is it? Don't you have to open the gift? Don't you have to use the gift? Don't you have to try on the gift? Maybe exchange for a larger size or a smaller size, but don't you have to enjoy the gift? How do you enjoy it? You have to use the gift. You have to open it, receive it, or else it's of no value. And it is so with this gift that Jesus Christ gave to us. This gift. You have to receive it. You have to open it. This morning, I want to give a gift, this gift. And some of you guys from the get-go are like, what is that gift? Those of you kids going, dang, what is that? Why is that in the middle? Right? Uh, underneath your chair, there is a little, little postcard, three by index card that says free gift. There's only one of you in this room. There's only one of you. Just check under your, your chair. Feel for it. The, underneath your chair, there is a little index card that says free gift. Check it again because you're not doing it right. <laughs> I know exactly who it, the person is. Good. You're looking at me, right? Right? Abby's boyfriend. Look it under, it's right there. Come on up. <laughs> Come on up. What, what is your name again? Nick. Hey guys, let's say hi to Nick. Hey, so you're, you're Abby's boyfriend, right? Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> What, what humiliation. First say a Sunday, first time coming Sunday, and you get humiliated, right? Okay, I, I, I am going to give this gift to you, okay? Now, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with the gift? Very good. Open it. <laughs> Open it. Very good. Don't do it so modestly. Just <laughs> would, would you tell, would you show it to everybody else? 
what that gift is. You could open it up right there. I've given you a little pen to open up. You got to rip open that little. Yeah, good. Show, show, show it to the whole congregation what that gift is. <laughs> hey, you know what? Um, I, I found that on Amazon that they actually give like these Korean snacks. And I've been giving it to a lot of my youth group kids. Some of you guys I know received a lot of my gifts during Christmas Sunday. So, hey, Merry Christmas, Nick. You. you. know what? Welcome to Christian Lehman. Okay, guys? Thank you. But you know what? Once again, we love giving gifts. We love receiving gifts. A gift symbolizes that, once again, man, I, I really, really love. Or the fact that, you know what, the gift also says that we are forgiven. But the fact that, you know what, you've got to open the gift. Before we conclude, there's a proverb that I came across during our TJ mission this year. It's an African proverb that says the greatest crime in the desert is finding water and keeping it silent. I want you to meditate upon this. Oh, it's not there. I want you to listen to what this African proverb says. The greatest crime in the desert is finding water and you just keep it to yourself. My New Year's resolution for myself and for the rest of our congregation, we have received this gift, a wonderful gift. And why is it that we always keep it to ourselves? Why do we just want to hoard it to ourselves? One more time, the greatest crime in the desert is finding water and keeping it silent. Dear 2023, I just pray that all of us, we would give this living water that God gave to us through the form of a baby child. And that's the reason why we celebrate today, right? Right? You know, he is the reason for the season. And I just pray that we would give this gift away. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so very much for the gift. And on Christmas morning, I just pray, Father, that every Christmas season, you allow us to kind of remember of your love, that we could be forgiven only if we actually receive it and we open it. Father God, we thank you so very much for our family that we call church, the body of Jesus Christ. And I pray, Father Lord, that the ministry, Father God, in order for us to kind of go on, I just pray, Father Lord, that we would be able to give this gift away. Father, I thank you so very much. And as we celebrate, as we think about, Father God, what you have done on the cross, allow us, Father God, to be able to remember, Father God, because it cost you everything. Father, I thank you. And in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.